if, uh, if you will, grab your Bibles and turn with me to Acts chapter 8. We're in the second week of our message series, uh, of our message series entitled Messy. You know, when, when we have stress and when we have worry, when we have anxiety, when we have all these things, they're really normal, they're really natural to what we do as humans. But when we experience all of that, emotionally and all these things inside of us, it just gets really, really messy. And so, just like this, this COVID-19, you know, a few months ago, we would have never thought about trying to have church outside. We would have never, we would have never really put the effort into our online system uh, the way that we have. But, but because of this, you know, there was a little bit of stress, there was a little bit of worry, there was all these things that keep happening, that keep popping up in our mind. How are we going to do this? How are we going to have church? How are we going to get through? And so as we, as we experience all this, we have these emotions that just sort of rise up inside of us. You know, and then our, our mind begins to take us to places not only about like how are we going to do church, but, but what about my job? Like, am I going to continue to, uh, to, to work from home? Am I going to be able to continue to work? What, what about my job? Will I ever get my job back? Will, will, the, will the finances, will the income? And, and, and so we start thinking about these things. We start thinking about jobs. And as we start thinking about all these different things, man, our mind, our mind just begins to take over. And it just begins to take us to, to all these different places. And then we start thinking about, like, what's going to happen to the virus? Is, is the virus, is, is the line going to begin to flatten? Is the curve going to flatten? Is the, are, are more people going to get infected, less people going to get infected? What, what, do I, what do I do about my kids? Are my kids going to get sick? Are, the, are any of y'all praying this prayer? When are my kids going to ever go back to school? The, uh, uh, the, the, what's going to happen next? And, and again, I, I just want to paint the picture that what happens is, is we begin to just allow our minds to really just get overloaded. But, you know, those are normal thoughts, right? Those are all normal thoughts. What's going to happen to your job? What's going to happen with your finances? What, what's going to happen? All those are really normal thoughts, but they can become overwhelming. What we see happening in Acts chapter 8 is, a, is an overwhelming experience, probably similar to what we're experiencing with COVID-19. Uh, again, several months ago, none of us would have ever thought that we would be living life the way that we're living it. Uh, several months ago, we would have never thought of how do we reacclimate the world back into the world again? H- how do we have church again? How do we do all these things again? But, but what was happening here in Acts chapter 8 was, was the same thing of, of all these circumstances unfolding that they weren't really predicting that would unfold. And so what sets us up going into Acts chapter 8 is, if you remember, in, in Acts chapter 2 was the birth of the church. There was this movement of the Holy Spirit. And as the Holy Spirit moved into the lives of people, they began to become consumed with the Holy Spirit. Their lives were consumed with the power of God. Their lives were consumed with seeing people's lives changed. And as that took place, as the Holy Spirit was moving from person to person, and as the Holy Spirit began to invade, if you will, even more people, it was truly infectious. 
And this infectious Holy Spirit moved throughout the land and thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people had given their life to Jesus. And not only had they given their life to Jesus, listen, their lives were changed. And if you've ever been touched by the Holy Spirit, if you've ever been consumed by the power of God, come on somebody, it is life-changing, isn't it? It will change everything about you. And that's, that's what was taking place here. And as the church grew, as more people were consumed by the power of the Holy Spirit, listen, it's happened in our church and it happens in every church and it happened in the very first church, is that internal issues begin to rise up. And as these internal issues begin to rise up, the leadership of the church rose up and they said, listen, we've got to have some more people to help us with this. We've got, to, we've got to get more people into the church, into the leadership structure. And they went out and they found those godly people. And one of them was a guy by the name of Stephen. And Stephen was filled with the Holy Spirit. He was, he was a man full of grace and full of power. And he was serving the church and serving the church well. But now Stephen, Stephen wasn't a full-time guy. He wasn't on staff at the church. Listen, he was, he was a deacon. He was just a, a, a lay person. Listen, he was like me and you. But he was filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And he began to preach. And this is what we talked about last week. And, and as he began to preach, the, those religious people that were around him, man, they were so frustrated with the gospel, this good news, these people living in joy. They, they were so aggravated with this it said they were literally gnashing their teeth they were so angry they were so angry to the point that they wound up murdering Stephen for him preaching his faith and we see in scripture that Jesus is standing at the right hand of the father almost as though that he's applauding Stephen but now can you imagine these circumstances of what's taking place here and so when Stephen was murdered, it set off a whole nother reaction in the community. Kind of like the, the COVID-19, when, when we first began to hear about the COVID, it was taking place overseas. And then we began, began to take place closer to home. And, and then when it hit America, and then when it began to move, and we remember the first case in Georgia, and then we remember the first case in middle Georgia, and we remember the first case in Houston County, and it's like, man, this, this thing is beginning to get home. Man, this thing is getting close to us. And our concerns begin to rise. That's what's taking place. And so if you will, read with me here in Acts chapter 8, verses 1 through 3. And so Saul agreed with putting him to death. Now, obviously, we're going to talk about this man named Saul much more in the next coming chapters. But Saul, this is our first introduction to him. And on the day, a severe persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem. And all except the apostles were scattered throughout the land of Judea and Samaria. Devout men then buried Stephen, and they mourned deeply over the loss of him. Saul, however, was ravaging the church. He would enter house after house and drag off men and women and put them into prison. Dear Heavenly Father, God, as we come to you this morning, and God, as we seek your scripture, and God, we see that, that the church here in the first century was being persecuted 
because of their love for you. God, we know that today that we're not being persecuted, at least not here in America. But God, we do see that there's some challenging times that are rising up around us as Christians. And God, as these challenging times are rising up, God, we, we, we need, we desire to experience more of you. God, we, we sense to seek you even more. But God, as my emotions rise up, as my concerns rise up, as all these things rise up inside of me, God, sometimes I can't help but be worried, be fearful, to stress, to be anxious. God, I pray that our eyes would be open to your scripture today. And God, that you would speak to us in such a new and a fresh and a real way. God, may we just hear a word from you today. Let me give this to you in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. So I've, been, I've entitled the message today, Don't Worry, Be Joyful. Now, now as I was working through this, I, I first entitled the message this, how many of y'all remember, like, blow your horn if you remember this song, Don't Worry, Be Happy. Any of y'all remember that? It, it was so trendy, it was so catchy. Don't worry, be, I won't sing it for you. But, um, but you know that there's a difference, right? There's a difference in being happy and being joyful. And what, and what scripture calls us to and what God says that we will experience is that we will experience joy. And so did you know that it is impossible, it is impossible to be filled with joy and worry. We, we cannot be filled with worry and be joyful. Those, those two cannot, they cannot coincide together. So I want to give you a working definition. And so if you've got your notes, this is where your notes are going to really come in handy. And so you can go to wellspring, uh, wellspringchurch.info and go to message notes and you can follow along with me there. I apologize for the wind, but it is a beautiful day. And so let me give you a working definition of worry. Worry is to be torn into two. Worry is to be torn into two pieces. Wor worry literally tears us apart. When we're worrying about something, it is literally like a ripping that takes place. And it rips us into two because we're focused, we're trying to focus on two different things. How do I move forward? But I'm worried, I'm overly concerned about what's happening right now. And listen, when you're so focused on what's happening right now, you can't move forward. And so it's literally like a tearing in two. It's literally like a ripping in two. Do you know what causes us to worry? What causes us to worry is circumstances. Circumstances cause us to worry. And we see that. We see these circumstances there in, in verses uh, 1 through 3. We see that, that they were literally being persecuted for the gospel. Saul was coming into their houses and literally pulling them out of their houses, arresting them and placing them in prison. Listen, those, those are some circumstances to really be concerned about. Uh, their, their friend, this guy who was, who was outstanding, who was filled with power, who was full of grace, was murdered in front of them. That's, that's something to be concerned about. This, this, this COVID-19 is something that we should be worried about. And so when this 
persecution came to the first century church, they scattered, all except the apostles. Those disciples of Jesus, those guys stayed. But everybody else, they scattered in fear of their life. They, they knew that if they stayed in their homes, if they stayed where they were, that, that Saul, somebody was going to come get them and drag them off and put them into jail. And can I just tell you that just like today with the COVID-19, it is a beautiful sunny day. The wind is blowing. Many of us are watching online. We're watching in our cars. It's such a wonderful day. We can almost forget about that there's a real virus out there. And so that's why we're socially distanced and, and we're not hanging out with each other is because there's a real virus out there that could kill us. There is much to be concerned about. There is much to be overly concerned about. But you know, but we worry, right? We worry, we worry about COVID-19. We, we worry about our jobs. We worry about our finances. We worry about our careers. We worry about our family. Listen, church, we worry. We worry. The leaders of, of the church in Jerusalem and those apostles that stayed, they were taught. They were taught by Jesus about this thing called worry. Jesus, Jesus taught the, first, the, the those, those disciples, and now those disciples are the very ones teaching the Christians in the first church, and they're teaching the Christians in the first church the very thing that Jesus taught them. And do you know that it is my job today as a pastor, my job is to teach you what Jesus taught the disciples and what those apostles taught the first century church. We can still learn from that today. And here's what Jesus taught his disciples. And it's what I want to teach you this morning. Is that Jesus taught them that worry, this, this thing that, that tears us in two, this thing that rips us apart, that worry is a sin. Jesus told his disciples that worry is a sin. We see in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, this is why I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body or what you will wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? Come on, some of, some of us have worried about our jobs We've worried about making the mortgage payment. We've worried about the car payment. We've worried about will we get food. We've worried about whether we're going to get toilet paper or not. I still don't, under, I still don't understand that whole deal. But, but, but we worry, and Jesus says, don't worry about those things. Don't worry about those things. He says in verse 31, so don't worry, saying what will we eat and what will we drink and what will we wear. And then he says again in verse 34, therefore... Don't worry. Don't worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Jesus teaches us, and he tells us in this passage three times, do not worry. Do not worry. Do not worry. Don't let yourself be torn in two. Don't let that happen. Don't let that happen. You see, the, the key point here is, is this. It's okay to be concerned. Being concerned is not a sin. Being overly concerned is worry, and worry is a sin. So it's okay to be concerned about somebody coming into your house and dragging you off and hauling you off to prison. 
It's okay to be concerned about that. But it's not okay to worry about that. When concern controls you, when concern keeps you up at night, when concern stops you from going and doing things, it's no longer concern. It's now worry. And that worry tells you apart. And when that worry tears you apart, you can't focus on what God's called you to focus on. And so the way that we overcome worry, listen, this may be the most important thing that you hear today. The way that we overcome worry is to have a right focus. The way that you overcome worry is to have a right focus. Right focus overcomes worry. Right focus overcomes worry. Look, I want you to look, and I want you to really pay close attention to what's happening in verses 4 through 7. Now, now remember, Saul, he agreed with murdering Stephen, and now he was angry, and so he's literally going and arresting Christians, and so now people are leaving their homes because they're concerned about their livelihood. And so they leave Jerusalem, and now look with me in verse 4. So those who scattered went on their way preaching the message of the good news. Church, did you, did you get that? It, it didn't say that they ran and they hid. It didn't say that, that they took off scared for their life. It says that they left where they were and they were preaching the gospel. They had been transformed by the gospel. And my question to you today is have you been transformed by the gospel? Because listen, when COVID-19 hits, when our lives are changed, are you focused on the circumstances around you or have you kept your focus on Jesus? Have you kept your focus on the good news? Have you kept your focus on the great commission that there are people that are out there that will be affected by COVID-19 and they will be affected for eternity? And church, it's our job as we're scattered into our homes and into different places. It is our job. But listen, if Jesus has touched your life, you can't help but tell people about him. And so when we've been, when we've been changed, it says in verse 5 that Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah to them. And so, so now we see Philip being scattered. And as Philip leaves, he's going into Samaria, and he's going into a certain city in Samaria. And what is he doing? He's not telling people that, hey, man, this COVID-19 is bad, and that we need to shelter in place, and that we need to stay away. He's talking about the gospel. He's talking about the good news. Listen, his focus is still on Jesus. Church, do you think that there's a chance that God has allowed COVID-19 to happen to help refocus you? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that God's allowing this to take place right now to help us refocus. And he says in verse 6 that the crowds refocused and, and they paid attention with one mind to what Philip said. Listen, church, I'm convinced that when you are online, when you are talking to your coworkers over Zoom or whatever forum that you have, when you start talking about the gospel, people are going to start listening to you. People want to hear what you have to say. 
Because, listen, people are ready to hear some good news. Come on, somebody. Are you ready to hear some good news? People are ready to hear some good news. And the crowds paid attention, and Philip said, as they heard and they saw the signs that he was performing, unclean spirits were crying out with loud voices, and they came out of many who were possessed and, uh, and many who were paralyzed, and the lame were healed. Listen, in the face of persecution, God was using Philip to bring healing to a land. And I just believe that Wellspring Church, that God wants to use you to bring healing to our land. God wants to use you. God's desire is to use you. For those of you that are watching online, you, you may be out of state. You may be even out of country as you're watching me. And listen, wherever God's positioned you, I believe that today that God has positioned you to bring healing to your land. That God, that God wants to use you. And so they continued to share the good news. And they continued to see people healed. And, and listen, they continued in the face of uncertainty. And we can too. How can we? Why do we? Because of the good news. And there is still good news that needs to be preached. There is still good news that needs to be shared. And there are still people that need to hear the good news. And so listen, as, as we as a church, we're beginning to face how do we move forward? Do we have services next Sunday? Do we not have services next Sunday? And when all this began a few weeks ago, can I just tell you, admit to you, I may have worried a little bit. I, I may have gotten overly concerned. I, I, I may have stayed up a few nights overly concerned. <laughs> What's going to happen? What's going to, are, are we still going to be able to, to do the missional things that God's called us to do? Are we still going to be able to impact middle Georgia with the gospel? God, how, how do we do this? How do we move forward when our people can't gather together? What, what, do, we, what do we do? And do you know that Friday, we were able to bless hundreds upon hundreds of workers at the hospital with care packages because of your generosity. Be because of you. And so also, if you're a, if you're a healthcare worker, we've set aside some special gifts just for you. If you're part of the Wellspring Church family and you're a healthcare wor worker, whether you're at the hospital, the house and medical center or not, uh, if you're a healthcare worker, we've got some stuff set aside just for you. Because we so applaud you being on the front line. And listen, as, as I begin to focus on the missional call of our church, as I begin to focus on, on what God had called us to do, I begin to lose focus on the how are we going to meet, how are we going to gather, are we going to have enough funds to be able to do that, all those, all those things that were overwhelming me. Because listen, I began to have a right focus on the gospel. And can I encourage you this way? You can too. When, when we focus on the gospel, many, many of you are focusing on the gospel. And you're focusing on Jesus. And as you 
have that focus, the gospel is going forward. And listen, I want to applaud you. I am so appreciative of you, of continuing to focus on Jesus and taking that good news forward. Because you see, when, when we focus on the circumstances, when we focus on all those things, we are divided. We are separated. And you know, something else that, that, that Jesus taught the disciples there in that, early, in that early part of the church. I'm going to move back here and see if the wind's a little less. But, but as, as, as Jesus was teaching them, and he was teaching those disciples, he not only taught them about worry, but he also taught them that if they served two masters, that they would love one and hate the other. And he says, you can't serve two masters. You can't have two focuses. That, that doesn't, you can't focus on two different things. And so you're going to love one and you're going to hate the other. And so Jesus says that, that we can't do that. And so, so when we focus on our circumstances, we lose focus of God's purpose. Did you get that? When we focus on our circumstances, we lose focus on our purpose. Isaiah tells us that what purpose is, is that you will keep the mind that is dependent on you, the Lord, in perfect peace, for it is trusting in you, in the Lord. Verse 4, trust in the Lord forever, because the Lord is an everlasting rock. We can put our trust in the Lord, because listen, He won't fail us. He won't, he won't forsake us. He won't leave us. He is always present. He is always there. And listen, when we begin to focus on everything else, we begin to lose focus on Him. And the, the way that we overcome worry is with the right focus. And so the key point is this, is that whatever you focus on, it's going to consume you. If you focus on the COVID-19, it's going to consume you. If you focus on, on finances, it's going to consume you. If you focus on lack of finances, it's going to consume you. Can, can, I, can I just go from preaching to meddling for just a second? Can I, can I meddle for just a second? If you watch that stupid news all the time, it's going to consume you. Stop watching all that. Yeah, come on. There's, listen, listen, there's a virus out there. If you'll watch the news once a day for just a few minutes and make sure the virus is still there or see if it's gone, that's all you really need to know. Like, you don't, you don't need to be consumed with the politics. You don't need to be consumed with all this. You don't need to be consumed with all those conversations. Listen, be consumed by the Holy Spirit. Be consumed by Jesus. Church, get this. When we focus on Jesus, when you focus on the gospel, Acts chapter 8, verse 8, becomes a reality in your life, joy, joy will surpass your worry. You can become joyful when you focus on the gospel. Look at verse 8. And so that city that, he, that Philip went to, so their city was great joy in that city. There was great joy. Listen, in the face of persecution, in the face of people being murdered, in the face of death, listen, the city was full of joy. And listen, you don't need to be consumed and filled with worry because God's got it under control. And if you will focus on Jesus, 
everything in your life will begin to change. And when everything in your life begins to change, listen, joy becomes the thing that overwhelms everything else. Listen, God wants you focused on Him. The people scattered, but God brought good news with them. And listen, in the face of this COVID-19 deal today, listen, as we scatter, as we, as we change our habits, as we change our workplaces, as we change how much we're online, as we begin to change all that, listen, take the good news of Jesus with you. Take it with you everywhere you go. Yeah, come on, somebody. Take, take him with you. The presence of God will bring you joy. And when you focus on your circumstances, you cannot have joy. You're not going to have joy focused on your circumstances. Oh, but Pastor Chuck, my, my circumstances are good. They're good today until they change. Now listen, when you focus on your good circumstances, when you focus on how good your business is, when you focus on how good your, your finances are, when you focus on how good your job is going, listen, listen, that means you're focused on the things of the world and you're still not focused on Jesus. And so listen, your circumstances are going to leave you wanting. But I promise you, Jesus will not. Jesus, Jesus is not going to leave you wanting. And so, and so when we focus on those things that are not of the Lord, listen, it will not bring you joy. It will bring you worry, and worry will divide you. And you cannot serve two masters. You're going to love one and hate the other. And so listen, when we love one and hate the other, we begin to worry about tomorrow. And Jesus says, don't worry about tomorrow. It's got its own troubles. And when it's got its own troubles, we begin to see that Jesus has taken care of today. And when we see that Jesus takes care of today, and he took care of us yesterday, listen, he's going to take care of us tomorrow. Lamentations chapter 3 says this, Because of the Lord's faithful love, we do not perish. For his mercies are never ending. They are new mercies every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Listen, when we are focused on our circumstances, we lose focus on the Lord. And we, and we really begin to believe that God's not faithful. And when we believe that God's not faithful, we begin to work harder and we begin to try and be in control. And that always leaves us wanting for more. And what God wants out of us is for us to focus on Him. Listen, the only thing, the only thing that's going to bring you true joy is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit of God moving in just like He moved in in Acts chapter 2. The only thing that's going to bring you joy is the Holy Spirit of God moving into your life. You see, if God has been faithful today, he will be faithful tomorrow. And he's been faithful. We're still here. We still got up today. And if he was faithful today, he'll be faithful tomorrow. And listen, I just want to appeal to you in this way. Will you today put your faith and your trust and your hope in Jesus. Many of us grew up in church. Many of us have been around church. 
we know the right answers. We know the right things to say. But when we're consumed with words, when we're overly concerned about things, that's us not putting our trust in Jesus. And church, I want to appeal to you today to be the voice of good news moving forward. To be the voice that that takes the gospel to every person in Middle Georgia from the lips of a person from right here at Western Church.